Episode 72 of Beyond the Blade, the Tage Thompson edition. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis. It's that time of the year, Chad. Training camp starts tomorrow, and I'm actually really excited for this one. Yeah, it's, um, I, I wrote about it, we kind of talked a little bit before the podcast started. It's, it's, it's different this year, you know, it, there's, I guess kind of what happens when you have a good roster, this is kind of the conversations you start to have, but, um. Yeah, it's it, it'll be fun. I'll tell you that. It won't be boring. There's going to be a lot of debates. There's going to be a lot of conversation. There's going to be a lot of focus on practices and games, and that's always good, right? That's always fun. Yeah, I mean, competition is key. I mean, how many times in the last two or three years have, have we been talking about how there's one or two spots, and we're hoping that Bailey Baptiste Nylander show up so they can take one of those spots and then it just really never happened uh this year kind of kind of different i feel like we got like you know six to ten guys maybe for about as you said in your article maybe three spots hopefully maybe a little more i mean depending on how this goes but it seems like there's a a lot a lot of players this year that could potentially you know have a chance at least to make the roster and i think the prospects tournament kind of got fans more excited about the potential of these guys making the roster so i think it's a good segue into training camp but uh training camp's a whole nother beast besides just a, a three-game tournament right right so usually we can't do some small talk in the beginning here but i kind of feel like we have so much to talk about which is kind of crazy for a podcast before training camp that we're going to kind of skip that today so i'm going to kind of lay out here what exactly we are going to talk about today so on a list of things to do. We're going to talk about some NHL news first before we get into the Sabre stuff. Because believe it or not, there's actually kind of a lot going around with the league right now. So we're going to touch a little bit on that. Uh, Prospects Challenge review. Uh, it was a pretty good weekend overall for the Sabres. They went 2-1. and one. They ended up winning 
the tournament, if you want to call it that, based on goal differential. And then we're going to talk a lot about training camp. Uh, we're going to talk about the, competi- the position battles. We're going to give some hot takes and opinions, uh, favorite underdog, favorite slash underdog to watch. So there's a lot to talk about. But where I want to go first, which is something we kind of talked about in our last podcast when we had um, Matt and... Um, well, I feel bad. Ben. ben, yeah. I was going to say Brandon. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ben. Uh, we had Matt and Ben on. Uh, Tyler Sagan. A couple weeks ago, it looked like he possibly could go to free agency, but now it looks like that kind of seems like that's not going to happen. Pretty close to a deal. So that's, I guess that's one name off the board. It's a bit of a bummer there. Potentially. I mean, they said that this is a, or at least the last I saw, they said this is a key point in the talks that they're close but there's still some work to be done um right yep so i mean it's it's definitely not a done deal yet but it does seem like uh they've gotten back together and um yeah i mean this is a key time because you're you're right on the heels of training camp here so if they don't get it done it's very easy for a player especially like sagan to just say you know i'm going to focus on hockey now and uh those talks basically just stop yeah. so I think if it doesn't happen in a couple of days here, I think we can start, you know, you know, the rumblings will start to pick back up on potential free agents. Uh, but as of right now, it does look like that they are close and something probably will get done with the next 24, 48 hours here. Uh, but if it doesn't, uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> usually, like you said, in, in talks like this, this is um, usually the point when they get into camp and they start playing, you know, preseason games, the guys just want to focus on hockey and they really don't want to focus on you know the contract talks um, as a distraction. So if that does happen, then more to come. Right. So if not, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. I'll definitely keep an eye on it. I mean, like I said, I when I saw the tweet, I was a little bit bummed out, but in the back of my head, I was like, realistically, he probably was never getting there. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays right. out here. Right. Uh, beyond that, there's. Panarin, who's still kicking around, looks like he's not going to resign in Columbus, and he's a guy who could hit the market. Uh, it looks like Eric Carlson is close to being traded for the third time uh, this mm. offseason. He was traded to Tampa Bay, then he was traded to Vegas, and then he was traded to Dallas, and now it looks like we're close again, so we'll see kind of where he ends up. Uh, Stevie Y steps down, which is kind of crazy. Uh, unexpected. Looks like he might be going home to Detroit. Uh, what else do we got here? Patrick just got traded. Montreal will say they're going to be really bad next year. Um, that was a weird one, huh? Yeah, that was that one was o'clock odd. in the morning. Right. I, I will say. I think they did well. I was just going to say that. I, I talk. Yeah, I, I give the Habs a lot of bad stuff, but I think they did pretty well in that deal. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Vegas is. I, I tweeted about this. You know, Vegas is. George McPhee, you know, I, I kind of gave him a lot of crap about the team he picked, but they went to the Santa Cup Finals, and then now I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, you traded a first, second, and third for Tatar, you mm-hmm. just traded Nick Suzuki for Pacioretty, and more draft picks, then you might trade for Carlson too, so all of a sudden all that draft capital, all those prospects that he had, he's, he's burning through that, that shelf life pretty uh, pretty quick there, some of those guys. Yeah, funny how that works, right? Um <laughs> He gets the expansion team. They have a really good year, uh, and it looks like he's doing what the people who thought they would be really bad last year said, okay, this was kind of a fluke. They made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but don't worry. He's still a hockey guy, uh, old-school hockey guy, and he'll find a way to 
take himself back down to the means and it seems like he's doing that pretty quick <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean i i think it, for montreal it was kind of the perfect trade partner uh they found a team that was willing to take patch was willing to give him an extension and had the extra kind of capital to give them a pretty good haul back uh considering yeah. the position montreal was in everybody knew they were trying to move them of course who claims nobody's ever getting moved right before that <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> uh but yeah I, like you said i think um vegas better hold on they might be decent again next year but i think after that uh they're burning they're burning through stuff pretty quickly and uh as soon as they get back to the pack i think it's might be not necessarily tough sailing but they'll probably drop back to the middle of the pack here within the next couple of years yeah i mean vegas will be without nate schmidt for i think 25 games for the you know the yeah, performance enhancing yeah drug yeah. thing uh shay theodore is in that group with willie nylander and sam reinhardt that still don't have a contract and yep. training camps are going to open in the next few days so i don't know we'll see like i said i'm sure vegas will be good probably this year again i'm not sure they're gonna right. get to the Stanley Cup final again i wouldn't predict that i wouldn't either i think they had a lot of guys on career years and they even lost some guys i mean they lost neil lost peron so i mean they got patch and they got stats need kind of fill those roles so we'll see how that plays out for them but i don't know i just thought i wanted to mention there that he's uh he's burning through that capital pretty quick and it's, <laughs> it's gonna be something to watch there that's for sure so on the Sabres side, let's, let's flip to the Sabres now. We're about 10 minutes in here. So there were hockey games last weekend, Bill. I'm not there sure were. if you know that. Uh, I happened to catch two <laughs> of the three. So Rasmus Dahlin played his first game. Uh, he was pretty awesome in the first one, pretty okay in the second one, and didn't play the third one. So I guess I'll let you go first. A lot of people kind of saw my thoughts on Twitter and from talking to me kind of guys I like, so I'll let you go first. Who are some guys that you stood out, liked, didn't like, et cetera? Uh, what's your kind of overall vibe in the tournament itself? I think I think overall it was it was good that we had the guys that you expected to kind of step up and, and be those standout players. Uh, they kind of were, uh, which is obviously a good thing. Um, we can kind of pick out – we really didn't have – no, we didn't have a podcast before the tournament, so we didn't pick our guys to kind of keep an eye on guys that should stand out that we thought – going into it uh i mean pittsburgh really never has prospects because they don't need them they're always trading away their picks to, <laughs> to go on you know stanley cup runs kind so. of bad for that team they got steamrolled in like every game and they <laughs> yeah did you actually did you see the uh asplin mic'd up no he, he he was asking who what uh it was like number 64 he kept asking everybody who he was because he kept trying to fight everyone <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to see if he was an actual fighter or not because if he wasn't he was going to fight him <laughs> that's funny that's pretty good but, I, uh, see that. I mean yeah i feel like that's it's kind of at least their prospects pool that's it's kind of the way they are they're they're guys that are just looking to make a name for themselves so that if an injury happens they can maybe crack the lineup uh and it was on display there and obviously the other three teams were much better um so yeah but i i think overall it was a it was a really good tournament i think uh, I mean, the one that really stood out to me was Asplund, and he stood out early. Um, there was one point, it's, it's funny, because you you always see the highlights and the things that he did really well, but there was a point early in the first game when <laughs> I was trying to find the stream, and I had found it because you had texted me about 10 minutes after I had found it, and we immediately both texted each other, said, did you see yeah, what Asplund did? I know what you're going to say, yep. Yep, and he was, a, everyone went for a change. He had the puck going through the neutral zone, Basically got to their blue line. 90% of guys there dump the puck in and go off for a change. 
Now, if you remember Chicago when they were winning all those cups, especially when Duncan Keith would go up by himself, he's on a one-on-four, and this is what Asplund was too. Instead of dumping the puck, what does he do? He takes it back into his own zone, curls back, waits for everybody to change, dumps the puck off, goes on a change, and keeps possession. Very important, uh, very noticeable to me, uh, and you as well, obviously, because the dots showed up pretty quickly after that. <laughs> um, they were both typing. So I, I think overall, I, I saw a lot of good out of Asplund, and, and he even put up the points to kind of round out the entire game. But I mean, in the entire two-way game, keeping possession, showing uh, you know your hockey smarts, um, I kind of like everything I saw out of him. And if he can keep that rolling, I think it's going to be hard to send him down. I imagine they probably do, but I, I don't think you would not see him on the team for very long uh, if he doesn't make it out of camp. Um, I think kind of, not really the surprising one because he kind of does this every year, at least the last year or two. Uh, it was Nylander. Uh, prospects tournament, he shows up and he does well. Uh, he was injured last year. Played pretty well in camp uh, after, but or did he, did he actually play in camp? Or he set the whole thing out? He played one game before, though. The first game he was good. The one game he played, that was a game he got hurt. Right. He was pretty good That's in that one game he played. Yeah, but, I mean, he kind of showed up in this one, and uh, he was really good. He scored a bunch. He had some nice highlight reel goals. That back end goal was silky smooth. Uh, made the goalie look pretty foolish. I think that was also in the first game. Um, yeah, it was against Boston. Or, no, I'm sorry, New Jersey. It was that. Uh, it was the... It was Aspen did all the work and f- yep. gave it to Nylander, man. Nice. Who was literally all in, yeah, yeah all yeah. in front. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think Nylander did really well. I think it's it's good to see, especially because of all the flack he's been getting uh, down in the AHL about you know not trying and and not really wanting it and feeling entitled. So um, I think this is a very important camp for him, uh, and I think the way that you start off a really important camp is you know have a good prospects tournament, and he did that. So step one, check. Uh, now you got step two to go. And if he does get sent back down, that I, I, I feel like he will get sent back down unless he just you know lights it up in camp because they're going to want to see him go down and try and make his way back up one more time. It just feels like you know the hockey thing to do, um, whether it's deserved or not. But it's going to be – so I think he's probably one of the most uh, important ones to watch here. I know there's a lot of kind of dark horses that could potentially surprise people, but I think uh, Nylander for me is kind of the biggest one because he's got the skill and I, like everybody knows there is a, you know, a high draft pick, but uh, he kind of really hasn't lived up to potential, whether that be because of injuries, because of not trying, whatever it is at this point in his career is a bad rap. So now he's got to, show up to camp, be really good to try and make the team, but also kind of shake the bad rap too. Um, so kind of a lot, a lot, a lot to watch for, for Nylander there. Um, Thompson was another nice surprise. We didn't know what we would have with him. Dude has a quite the wingspan, huh? He's yeah. Like, he's also a poke check master. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he had what? I think he had two breakaways in the first two games. Yep. Uh, sco- tried, scored on, in the first one, tried Correct. the same move in the second one, had the goalie beaten at the post, I believe. Yep, I think it was. Uh, he stuck it under his arm, but it went off the post, yeah. Hey, man, use it till it doesn't work. So, uh, taking, taking the Alash Kota Leak model. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think uh, what we saw to Thompson was really good. Um, there's one There's one thing that, if, and don't get me wrong, he, he, he was probably you know one of the top four or five of the camp. Uh, but if there's one thing I had to complain about, and there's a guy that, when you and I were playing hockey that 
would do this as well, and it drove you and I nuts, is if it's an odd man rush, or even if it's a you know a two on two or a three on three, hit the dang net. Because if you don't hit the net, then it's wrapping around the boards. Yep. Yep. You're chasing it back out of your zone. Maybe the D has to get it, but they can't get it in time to keep it in the zone. So everybody's got to come back out. There's a couple times I noticed where he, he's got a decent shot, but he's trying to go high cheese, and he's just totally missing the net. And, I mean, if, if players even get used to that, they're going to start going to the half wall and not going to the net, which is a problem in itself. So um, the only little bit of criticism I would have for Thompson is he got to hit the net. Other than that, um, nice to see him have breakaways and finish. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of, you know, what he can bring. Because uh, the, the poke checking was something I don't think really was, was talked about. And it was, it was very prevalent in the prospects game. Um, who else we got here? I mean, Darlene, I guess, right? Yeah. And then for yeah, me, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in a little bit here. There's a couple guys you didn't mention that I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, I, I thought Borgen played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I played well in the first game. First game he played pretty well. He was very physical. I thought he was yep. pretty physical again in the second game too. But definitely in that first game he stood out. Um, you know, down, down the road we'll kind of see. Like I, I texted you about it. I'm not saying next season, but perhaps in two to three years that Borgen Darlene pairing kind of makes a lot of sense on paper at least. Uh, so we'll see if that eventually plays out. But again, I'm not saying it'll be this year. But down the road that kind of looks like a nice pair that you know could could work as a top pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other player I wanted to mention, because I'm not going to go with the same guys you did. Um, I mean, people know who I liked. and But one guy I wanted to mention that people didn't get a lot of looks at, uh, somebody that I'm pretty high on has developed pretty well, and that's Oscar Laxanen. Uh He came over from Finland to play in this tournament. He was the guy, for people who don't remember, he was that third-round pick in 2017 that wasn't like in Central Scouting's registry that nobody even heard of. Mm-hmm. So, and he's the player. Right, right. He's developed pretty nicely. He's he's grown size wise pretty nice. Uh, he's around six foot now. He's smooth, the puck moving defenseman. I thought he didn't make the highlight flashy moves, but you can kind of see his skating ability. You can see his puck moving ability. I think what stood out, and you know, I, I think he's going to have a big year this year in Liga, and he's going to play in the World Junior Tournament. You know, he was a guy who maybe wasn't expected to be a big part of Finland's roster if he even make it. And it turns out it's probably going to be the, I don't know if to say the top defenseman, but one of the top defensemen on that roster for the U20 tournament. And he's a key guy in their power play. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting kind of to follow him, see how he goes. Uh, I, I think he plays probably at least this season and probably next season in Finland. We'll see, I guess, kind of how he develops, how good of a year he has. But, uh, I mean, he's somebody that I'm excited about. And if you can get a hit there... <laughs> and you build that in with Borgen and Darlene and Gooley and if Nelson turns out, and don't forget Casey Fitzgerald still kind of kicking around too, and you just drafted 457 defensemen in your <laughs> last draft. And like, so I don't know, maybe the defense pipeline kind of looks nice. We'll see how that develops. But, you know, Laxon was one guy I was kind of excited to see come over and play and get a, you know, a, a first hand view of him. So, He's kind of somebody I wanted to give credit to as well. Seeing another guy in too, and um, I know I, I talked about how Nylander, this is such a big camp for him, so it's going to be interesting to watch with, with everything that was going on. But I think, and not to get ahead of us, but I think the one guy to watch that is, for me, probably going to be the most interesting is Olsson. Uh I just I can talk about that shot. I know we talked about it a lot mm-hmm. before we, we really even yep. saw it here, um, but it's... <laughs> 
it's definitely an NHL ready and made shot. Um, that one time he had was really nice. Um, the one time he actually had it in front of the net, pretty much all alone, like the goalie was on the ground. I don't know how he didn't score. I remember but, that. Um, yeah. I, I even I was able to listen to the one-on-one interview you had too, and you guys talked about it. And I think this is going to be the key is and, and probably why, unless because maybe they need power play help, he does make the roster, but. I, I could see him not making it just because I think he's really going to have to work on being able to find the spots or make space for himself on the smaller rink to be able to get that shot off. I mean, there was a couple of times, especially in the first game where he was trying to get the shot off and it was getting blocked or sticks were getting in the way. I, I think it's going to take him a little time to be able to, you know, find his groove and to be able to get that shot off. But once that comes, uh, I think it's going to be hard to keep that shot off the roster. Uh, and it might even be hard to do it this year. Um, uh, he, to me, is, is is very, very interesting because the skill is there. It's just going to be how quickly can he translate it over to the, the NHL-sized rink. Um, so I could, I could definitely see him starting down in the AHL and maybe being one of the first call-ups. Or if the power play is not doing well, maybe he's an uh, a easy call-up. Um, but I think... I can it's kind of, it's almost kind of like Josh Allen in a way. Like it's going to be the, 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 you know, the strength of the shot, the speed of the shot, how good the shot is. If he shows up to camp and Eichel just starts feeding him and he's just burying it left and right in the preseason uh, for a team that can't score. I know five on five is more of the problem, but I think it's going to be hard to, <laughs> there's so many guys <laughs> and this will get to a bigger point for <laughs> exactly. us, but uh there, there's there's a lot of guys here that are really interesting, and if all of them come into camp and play well, things are going. I, I just I don't even know what they're going to do. To be completely honest. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good. Which thing. is a good thing. Yeah, it Which is. is a good thing. It is. I mean that means you built a strong roster and had good depth for once, you know. And this kind of transition into our training camp conversation, but you know, I'll, I'll stick with Olsen as, as part of that. Is yeah, I agree with you. It's that shot. You know, that shot is it, it's special to see it live, to watch him unleash it. But like you said, and even like Patrick said too, like you mentioned, our one-on-one interview is he he's going to have to learn how to do it on the smaller rink. You know, I don't think Dalene's going to have the issue transferring from the olympic size rink to the smaller one. Where Olsen, I could see that being an issue. Asplin is another guy who I don't think that might I don't think that'd be an issue for him the way he plays. But Olofsson, because his whole game pretty much is his shot. He's not a bad skitter or anything, but he's also not a speed burner by any means. So he he relies heavily on that shot to to make his money. And, you know, I I thought he was a lot more physical on the wall during the prospects challenge than I thought he would be. At least going to get pucks. And, you know, something Patrick, too, mentioned that could be an issue for him kind of playing against the... I guess you could say the bigger, more experienced professional players in North America than you'll see in Sweden. Uh, if you watch European hockey, there's really not a lot of hitting in it. Uh, it's more of a North American kind of thing, where European hockey is kind of a more up-and-down, fast-paced game. I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's hitting, but it, it's not like the North American game. So I think that's something that I'll need to transition into as well. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, if he shoots the lights out in camp, then you have a decision on your hands. Now... What I wonder, though, are they going to give him... Is he going to be around long enough for him to be given that opportunity? Because this gets into the conversation where we're going to get into the training camp conversation here right now is, you know, I, I wrote an article about him. And if you look at it, I mean, realistically, there's somewhere between three and four spots. And you have 
13 to 14 players that are competing for those three or four spots. I mean, I'll, I'll rattle them off quickly. Nylander Olsen, Danny O'Regan, Bailey Baptiste, Larson Gergensis, Scott Wilson, Asplund Malone, C.J. Smith, Tage Thompson, Jason Pominville, and if you want to put Evan Rodriguez in that conversation. I mean, that that's a lot of competition. I mean, they play, you know, seven or eight preseason games, but you can only give so many guys so many opportunities to play with certain players. And Eichel's not going to play every game, and neither is Middlestat, and neither is Reinhardt if he signs enough time to play a preseason game, or Skinner, or Sheary. These guys aren't going to play every single preseason game. So, I mean, there's only, there's only so many opportunities to go around. So that's the one thing I wonder, since there's so many forwards, if Olofsson, he, he very well could shoot the lights out with Eichel or Middlestat, but will he get that opportunity before they send him down to Rochester? Honestly, I could kind of flip it on its head here with the potential little time that these guys might have. You say they maybe only get three or four games, maybe five. Wouldn't you think it's more possible than somebody with a really great shot just happens to, you know, strike lightning for those five games and maybe score four goals than somebody like an Asplund who, you know, could just play a solid two-way game but not as noticeable and maybe it's a lot easier to say, you know, hey, look at that shot. You know, Olufsen scored four out of five games. Keep him around as opposed to somebody like a, like an Asplund or a Larson or a Gergensen's. Yeah, I mean, it... it you kind of know what I'm getting at? I do. And, and it only takes one... It really takes one game. If Olufsen gets one game with Eichel and he plays really well, he's going to get a second and a third and a fourth. I mean, that's just... That's get, that's kind of fair. If he does it once, we'll see if he can do it again. If he does it twice, we'll let's see if he can keep doing it. But where I think it gets interesting is... Does it? Does he ever get one opportunity before he's sent back? And because the thing I think about too is you, you Skinner and Shearer are new players. If you're trying to figure out who's playing with Eichel, I mean those guys need time with Eichel too. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's not only these guys who are fighting for roster spots; it's also the new players you brought in because you have a lot of changeover in your roster that you have to get time in preseason with your Chemistry. your centers, kind of you know when when I guess you have the game opportunity. So that's that's where I think kind of works in against Olofsson. I think that kind of maybe works against Nylander too, where the opportunities are not right. really going to be there for them to kind of display and be in the proper role, some to stand out. They might play, but they might play a third-line center role, and or a third-line winger role, I mean. And right. they're not going to be with the guys you need to be with to shine and be a playmaker who can set them up to, you know, I guess show up in you know to flash during games. So honestly, what it's probably going to come down to is how many power play opportunities does he get in the games that he's in. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, that's maybe that's all it takes. Maybe he just needs power play time, and you know if he shows he can play, he doesn't need to be with Eichel in the second unit to find space and fire one home. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's. It's interesting, and and again, it's so. It'd be one thing if it was three or four guys, but you're you're trying to get through thirteen, fourteen guys here and kind of fill out those last three spots. I mean, you have veterans like Gergensen and Larson. I mean, Asplund, who's coming off of a strong camp. You have Bailey and Baptiste, who need waivers to go down. 
Uh, I, I have Pominville on this list, but let's not kid ourselves. Pominville is going to be on the roster. He kind of has to be his own movement clause. Uh, Malone, does he get a fourth-line center role? Does C.J. Smith get an opportunity ahead of Nylander and Olsen because of how well he played last year in the, in the AHL? Does Tage Thompson get precedent over those guys because he's the guy that was part of the O'Reilly trade? So that, that's where I kind of think for some of these guys where a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Nylander has, should have the opportunity first or he's going to get the best chance or, yeah, he might get a game, but when does that game come? Is it, is it too late for him? You know, does he have two games for that where he doesn't really do anything and then he has that one game where he's pretty decent, but you're like, well, he had two or three games where he didn't really do much. So it's kind of, you know, it, it, it plays in a sense for so many players. It just it, it makes it really hard because there's only so many top roles to go around. And ideally, there's really only one top six position open. And it's actually on the right wing. Because if we're going to put Sheary and Skinner in your, in your top two left wingers and Reinhardt's your third, your other right winger, then either it's going to be Oposo or Thompson, in my opinion. And Olsen plays the left. Nylander can play both, but primarily plays the left. CJ Smith is a left winger who could play a third line role where Nylander and Olsen might need to be in top six roles right now to be successful. So all that can kind of go into. I guess how they fill out this roster. It's not necessarily how good they look, but it's it's what fits what they need on this roster. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and I think that two things. At least you're not going to have somebody like a Derek Grant <laughs> blow blow up in, tra- in training camp. Well, right, right, right. Uh, you're going to have somebody with skill. But I, I think jokes aside, I, I think you're, the last sentence you said there should be, and we'll see if it is, the most important thing, and that's fit. If they are truly this year trying to turn the corner, play with more of a pace, faster game, get the defense involved, have guys fast enough to back check if needed, then those are the guys that you should be looking for. So it would be like your CJ Smith's uh, Asplin, who plays a really good two-way game, Baptiste, who's got speed, um, Thompson, who's really good at poke checking. I, I think it's, if they're truly looking to implement the system that they both Bottrell and Housley said they were going to implement uh, when they were brought in to run this team, then it, what it should be is here are the spots that are open. Who best fits for those spots for what we're trying to do? So it might not be an Olafson. Yeah, he's got a great shot, but you know if the speed's not there or maybe the pass, whoever, any of these guys, if the passing's not good enough, that's going to slow you down. Um, plays like Asplin did in the, in the prospects tournament that we just talked about. If he's doing that in, uh, training camp as well in preseason games, there's no reason that like, if he's the only one doing it, that should be rewarded. Uh, keeping possession, like all this stuff that they talked about that we didn't see last year because they didn't have the guys to be able to do it. You had your Jordan Nolan's playing. Um, then this is it. I mean, you got 13 guys for three or four spots put the guys in that are going to allow you to finally do what you've said you've wanted to do since you got here. Cause I'm actually, I'm going to save that for the hot take later, but I think it's going to be a very important for somebody else um, that they need to have the right people in the right spots here because they can't, there's no bottom of the league this year. 
you got two teams within your division alone that you should easily be better than. Oh yeah. Um, so, so I, I mean, it's, it's go time. You got, you got young guys here. You got with the O'Reilly trade, you got guys that you brought in in, in Saboka and uh, Berglund to change the bottom six. You can easily do a complete overhaul of your bottom six here with all these guys that are fighting for spots. And it's going to basically be up to them to force Bottrell and Housley's hand to make that tough decision. And then it'll be on Bottrell and Housley to make the right tough decision. Uh, whether that be maybe, you know, like you said, waving some guys that maybe necessarily don't want to, or Larson and Gergensen's like you had in your article, not even on the roster on opening night. Um, if these other guys show up and deserve those spots, they just better be in those spots. Um, which I think is going to be, I mean, all this is interesting, but I, I think all this together collectively is why this should be a, a very important training camp because you're going to need to get off to a good start, but also a very fun and interesting training camp, not only for ourselves, but for the fans and everybody kind of in the area. Right. And, and like you mentioned waivers, you know, that that's the thing. And you know, I personally, I, I don't fear waivers. I, I don't fear putting Baptiste and Bailey on waivers. You should be doing what's best exactly. to make the team as if, good as possible. Exactly. If you lose Bailey and Baptiste for nothing, what what is the harm? Like, like I wrote my article, maybe that's bad asset management, but you know what? I, I don't know. At are are Bailey and Baptiste at this point really going? Have they shown that they're, at the very least, not replaceable? I mean, if sure, have, maybe it hurts my AHL team now, but I, I don't know. I figure it out. You know, I, I have, I'm going to have a lot of really good players in the AHL, and I have more coming. You know, Davinson's going to come over next year probably, and there's some other picks that are going to be coming. Picks. Right, and you have three first-round picks, and, you know, maybe maybe Picard comes over from the OHL next year, or he's going to stay there. I don't, I don't know. We have to see how that goes. You know, so there's there's a lot that can be backfilled by you know those, just those two guys. If you lose them, it's not a big deal. But honestly, I think they clear anyways. You know, Larson and Gergensen, maybe they get claimed. But again, who cares? Who cares? Maybe maybe you can trade them. Maybe maybe Gergensen and Larson play well in camp, and they get their value up. And somebody who somebody gets hurt, or somebody needs to fill their bottom six, and you can get a high pick for Gergensen or Larson or both. And that's not the end of the world. And then you kind of have somebody else who has proven in camp they can earn that spot and play in that spot, takes that spot. And it's the same thing on defense, too. I'm, I'm not afraid to put Casey Nelson through waivers if I have to. He played he played pretty well last year. But if I lose him, it's not the end of the world. Nathan Beaulieu, another guy, if they lose him, uh-huh. it's not the end of the world. I don't think someone's going to pick up his $2.4 million anyways off of waivers. I don't think so either. So, you know, it, it's it we didn't even get to the defense yet where that has, you know, <laughs> there's there's ten guys realistically vying for eight spots. Now we're gonna we'll get there in a second, but the whole waiver thing just I mean it it again it's easy for me to say sitting here out of the general manager's hockey team and Bottle probably feels different than I do and, and that's why I think that could work against anybody who doesn't need waivers to go down when it comes when it comes right down to it, when it comes down to making a decision. And I and I think that might unfairly affect Gooley too on defense. Um, which, which would be unfortunate. Which it would be unfortunate because I, I don't think but, and, he but, belongs in the off, NHL. But that perfectly goes into the point. Like if you are really trying to 
you know, create the team that you said you're trying to create. Gooley is literally like the mold for that kind of lineup. Right. So if, right. if he comes in and has a good camp and he gets sent down just because he doesn't have to clear waivers, like what are we really doing here? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, and and I guess we can kind of it's transition. Time to win. Right, right, and that's what I that's what I wrote in my article too. Like it's it's time now to put the best players on the ice to give it the best opportunity to win hockey games. And that, that's the that's just that's cut and dry, plain and simple. The 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 end of it. I mean, <laughs> there's really no debating that. I mean, it, it, there's no more time to say, well, yeah, T.J. Smith had a good camp, but you know what? I really just, I, I don't want to lose Gergens for nothing. We're going to give him one more chance to see if he can do something. When realistically he doesn't, and in 20 games you got to call C.J. Smith up because Gerings doesn't do anything where you could just have Smith here for those 20 games. You know, it, it's it's crazy. You know, there's no more time. These guys don't need to That's get right. another opportunity. We've had two years of opportunities. And the same thing goes for Bailey and Baptiste. I, I think they right. both missed their windows. I, they, they've been passed by this roster. The next wave has come. And there's another wave behind them that's coming too. You know, and it's unfortunate. We've we've for a couple of years been pushing for those guys to be on the roster and thinking that this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. Yep. Well, I feel like last year was their year, and I totally agree. Now I they're said in. That. I said that at the beginning you of did. Last year. You did. Now they're in super tough. Is it possible that either of them can make the roster? Sure, but it's going to be super hard. It is going to be super super difficult because there's a lot of good talent they're going to be competing against, and, and it's not. You're not going in Seth Griffith anymore. You know that, that's not your competition. You know it's, it's players who look like they could play at this level and have skill and ability that can be successful at the NHL level. So good luck to Bailey and Baptiste. But sitting here now, you know I don't, I don't like their odds. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I would have to agree with you. And it's just like you said, it's they they had their year last year. There's a bunch of one year deals this year, but uh, man, I just. I just don't see how. So, in your like CJ Smith to Gergensen's comparison, if you're going to get the same thing out of Gergensen as you are CJ Smith at this point, why do I not have CJ Smith up here then? Exactly. Give me the give me the new newer toy. Give me the younger guy. See what I can see what I can get at him at the NHL level. I already know what I can get out of Gergensen's, and I mean we're in this situation because of what we've been getting out of Gergensen's and Larson. So that obviously hasn't really been working. So if they're going to give me just about the same thing, I mean, you're exactly right to that point. Why am I going to have them up here for 20 games? And they give me two goals, three goals. And next thing I know that I'm calling up CJ Smith because he had, you know, 10 in the AHL, just come up here and get, let him give me five goals, six goals in 25 games or whatever. Right. Uh, and he might be able to do more. Maybe he does things differently where he is, you know, and, and I don't think it's a stretch to sit here today and say, like you said, T.J. Smith, run him. If I have Gergensen's and Smith, I mean, is it a stretch to say that Smith can arguably probably give me more goals at the NHL level? I mean, he, he sure, he hasn't done it yet. He did it, he did it in the AHL. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to see that as exactly. opposed to what you already know you have? I, I know I'm not going to get it from Gergensen's at this point. We, we, it, it's pretty clear the one season he had was – a fluke, I guess you could say. He, he got top line minutes. He was a top center. He had 16 goals. Good for him. He's never come close to that again. <laughs> Not even close. So, what what am I gonna what am I gonna roll the dice again and see if that works? It's just 
It's not. I'm past that. The same goes for Larson. Like I said, the same goes for Bailey and Baptiste. It's like it, I'm, I'm, they've burned me so many times that I'm, I'm over that relationship. I'm, I'm ready to go on the next date. Basically, it's kind of the way I'll put it. <laughs> that is a very good, <laughs> very good way to put it. Uh, so I guess moving on to the defense, huh? Yeah, we're 40 minutes in here. We even got to defense, yes. Yeah, so we probably should get there. I think we, yeah, we said Darlene's good, and that's it. <laughs> right. Darlene's good, Ristolainen's good, Scandella's going to be here, and then what? Like, I mean, Bogosian's yeah. probably going to be here. I would McCabe, assume, yes, McCabe is probably going to be here because the general manager pointed him out. And then it's Nelson, Gooley, Pilot, Hunwick, Bullyu. I, I mean, are they going to carry eight again? They carried eight last year, so what makes you think they won't carry eight again? Right. I feel like I feel like Hunwick's going to be here, but Hunwick is penciled in as your seven eight guy. So yeah, he better be right, He's right, nine here, right. So then it's it's basically two spots between three players: Nelson, Gooley, Bolio. And this is where it could get in the conversation that if it's close, I'm not going to like it, but I could see them making the argument: Gooley's odd man out because of the waiver situation. When, as I mentioned, I am not afraid to put Bullyu through waivers. And Pilot, not to forget about him, but realistically, I I think they're going to just put him in Rochester. Just just, that's just what they're going to (laughs) do. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I just, yeah. Want to make sure we didn't forget him. Because he did. He did play well in the prospects. He did. He He did. And he played well in development camp, too. You know, so he's he's played well, but. No, I agree with you, though. I think he's one that definitely starts down. Um, Bowl, you just he frustrated so many people last year. I just don't. And he was a guy I was high on too, which is it's more frustrating to me. It's, it's again, it goes back to that burn relationship. I feel like he's burned me, so I'm done with that. I mean, if it's between Gooley and Bolu, if if I'm starting another season without Gooley on the roster, it, it just goes right back to what am I doing then? How many how many or how many times now has it been two years, three years? Where we've said like Gooley can and probably two, should think. make this lineup. I think it's two, yeah, two now. And if we're now two years removed for that, and he's still not making the open night roster, and I don't necessarily think between all of us that it's really been on him. I, he, I, I, I think he's shown he he hasn't been necessarily like lights out, but he's shown right, enough right. to make the roster. Yeah, and especially the last couple of years, when look at the defense you had, like how is he not playing? So. And let's not forget this team had Taylor Fadoon and Matt Tennyson Tennyson playing a lot of hockey games last year. And Zach Redman, don't forget about him, too. It's funny, I actually saw him on the training camp roster and was a little depressed he's still around. (laughs) Yeah, they're all, I mean, they're they're good AHL players. I mean, Redman had a good, he's he's on an AHL contract, so he's not probably going to make the, well, he won't make the team. Um, Fadoon, no, I mean, and then Tennyson, no, too, so it's. Hickey, too. I about Hickey. Yeah, yeah, Hickey, too, but he's another guy who... No, uh, yeah, I just... I guess he falls into that conversation, too, where your defense is kind of starting to get loaded, which is a good thing. Right. You can never have too many defensemen. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, and, yeah, Gooley hasn't been lights out point production that I kind of thought he was going to be. But I think part of that, too, is around the team, or is the team he's had around him. You know, how, how many times have we seen... Somebody, somebody miss him when he's on a rush, when he's coming down fast, and he has to uh-huh. hit the brakes, the blue line, because either the, the guy's too slow, the forward, or he does something that wasn't that wasn't expected, you know. And 
I feel like if he has he the gets right... caught because of a bad pass. Right, right. But he has the ability, if he gets caught, to get back. Right. That's the nice thing about him, because how smooth and good of a skater he is. But Which should fit, again, what right. they're trying to do. Exactly. You got that lane now. You got Ristolainen. You got Gooley. Bogo can skate. Yes. If he can stay healthy, yes. I mean, McCabe isn't really a bad skater either. No. I mean, arguably your worst skater would be Nelson, and he's not terrible, but he's not great by any means. But he was fine last year when he played, so... You know, I mean, what do you what just get points, do? get shots through? <laughs> <laughs> and before we get to the last part of this podcast, I just want to sneak into the nice thing about all this will be too is, I mean, the AHL I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I even, I know you even don't they have some kind of deal this year? Uh, like what do you mean? Sixty bucks to get all the games or something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That actually is a really good deal. I'm actually gonna, I, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it's sixty bucks I, and you get all the Amerix games. Yeah, it's I, eighty honestly, bucks for the whole league. Depending on who makes the roster and who doesn't, there are so many guys that should be down this year that are going to be integral to injuries this year and the team going forward as soon as next year. So uh, I, I think that even, I mean, like you said, 13 guys for three spots, the rest of them aren't going to be, they'll be in the AHL. So um, I think if nothing else, the, the AHL should be good and should be a lot of fun to watch. And there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on. It'll be nice, <laughs> the last part to wrap this up, it'll be nice <laughs> that when injuries happen... Um, you're not, not calling up Seth Griffith or yeah, you're not, Kevin you're Porter or whoever. There's actually legitimate Two players. Two years ago, play. Matt Molson's not on your top six. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you should be able to fill it with like a Tage Thompson and then a guy like a, say, C.J. Smith then fills in on that bottom six, and I'm still feeling pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. So... Let's kind of get some, I guess, fun hot taker fingers in here. So, what do I want to go first here? Let's go, before we each give a hot take season opinion, season opinion or two, let's go, uh, we kind of do this every year. You know, we kind of call our favorite slash underdog guy to watch this year. So, you know, in the past two years, for example, I've had Smith last year, and the year before that was Will Carrier. So, those are my two guys. I think you've had, like, Bailey and Baptiste your last two years. Or you had Nylander last year, I think. Right, was it Nealander last year and Bailey the year before that? Or I, I think I might have went back-to-back Bailey. Oh, okay. Just because it was so important for him to make it, and look where we are now. <laughs> right. I can tell you one thing. It's not going to be him this year. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go first. So my guy, uh, and, and I'm going to double down. I did it last year. I'm going to double down on him again this year. It's C.J. Smith. You know, if you look at the, ro- the roster projection I did, I had him making the roster. Um, I, I think... If it was not for that injury, he got that knee injury, he would have played probably the neighborhood around 10 games to 15 games last year with the Sabres. So I think that knee injury kind of prevented that. And I think, you know, someone said it on Twitter too uh, in one of the comments today in the poll we put out, um, which I'll kind of bring that up after you go to kind of get the results, everybody, uh, is, you know, he'll kind of forget how well he played. And the potential that he has, you know, and he did that all as a rookie in a really good, you know, professional league. So I think that kind of is forgotten. So, and again, he's the guy who doesn't need to play in a top six role to be successful. I think he can be a third line winger and still give you secondary scoring, but also be reliable defensively. So I think that's kind of, he fits that need, that role that they're looking for on the roster. So I think that's why he kind of has that. 
opportunity. And mm-hmm. also, before you go, I'll throw in a second honorable mention here. Uh, don't forget about Sean Malone. I think I think he is I think he has sneaky sneaky ability to earn a fourth line center role this year, so I I just wanted to say that put that in there. So I'll let you go now and pick your guy. All right, I will say the don't forget about too is important because it's it's very easy to fall in love with what we just saw and forget about the guys that you haven't seen in a couple months. Um, But with that being said, I'm usually a sucker for the flashy, so you would think Nylander, but I'm gonna go the other way here. Little backstory. Uh, when the Sabres weren't good, I picked a West Coast team. That was when Patrick King got drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks. So I watched a ton of Blackhawks hockey as they were winning cups. And I just, that one simple little play, as dumb as it sounds, I'm a huge sucker for, and I am now in love. Give me some Ras- more Rasmus Asplund. <laughs> um, I just, plays like that, keeping the possession, getting another chance to go on a rush and give yourself another scoring chance. The team has been so bad five on five and puck possession and Eichel has been pretty much Eichel and Reinhardt are pretty much like the only ones that have been good. I just give me more of that. Give me more guys that like that you talk about the hockey smarts. Like that is seeing the hockey smarts live in the play heat of the moment. He could have easily dumped it. He could have easily tried to dangle through four guys. He didn't. He went back into his own zone, kept his team possession. All five guys were able to attack. It's just smart hockey. It's going to, it's what wins you games. Uh, sometimes the best defense is having the puck on your stick the most. Um, and that's what he did. And so give me some aspirin this year. Well, in the poll I put out today, uh, 451 votes, 47% of the people agree with you who are their dark horse slash player they're rooting for. Nylander came in second with 41%. C.J. Smith at 10%, and then 2% was other, which had, you know... Borgen Malone. Borgen Malone. Ogilvy was somebody. Uh, somebody said Chris Kulo. Asplund was in there. Olofsson. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, and it, it's off that prospects challenge. A lot of people are excited to give Asplund a look. So, I mean, and I am too. I am too. I just, again, he's that guy who I think they can make the excuse to send him down because it's his first year in North America. That, that's kind of why I'm not putting him on the roster. <sighs> Unfortunately, I think you're right. But I'll say uh, the trade might not have been so bad after all. Huh? Right, right, yeah. I mean, Tim Murray somewhere sitting there grinning, you know. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he didn't get he's, a lot of trades of the, right, but he might have got that one right. <laughs> he's at one of the 47%. <laughs> he is. He probably is. <laughs> he probably is the only 47%. He probably like had all of his burner accounts. Burner accounts? Vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his legacy rides with the yeah. he gets asked he gets notified anytime someone says asplin on twitter and he he comments on it hey, i don't think another rasmus on the team could be a bad thing either no no definitely you know it's you know i, I put a thing out there on twitter for the die by the blade account that uh you know what, what are we going to call it when rasmus darlene rasmus len and rasmus asplin are on on a goal like i think that has to have a name to it you know <laughs> there were some good things a lot of people forgot that uh, Ristolainen is from Finland, not Sweden, so they were given some Swedish names, but it wouldn't work with Ristolainen there. But I'm, I'm so fine-tuning that. There were some good choices, so but we'll pick one kind of when all three are on the team. Uh, Ristolainen, Asplund, Dalin, the Rad, R-A-D. That's not bad. See, there you go. There's some thinking. Right. It's a Rad goal. <laughs> rad Rasmus goal. Yeah, that's all not bad. <laughs> there you go. On the spot. That's how we do it here at BTV. So, 
last thing before we get into a little fun at the end with our spelling bee, because we're going to get that in because like we're running out of time. Uh, mm. Matt gave us, I'm seeing an idea from Matt, who I said is the conscious from Twitter in our last podcast. Uh, he kind of asked people what their hot take opinion was going into next season. But he said unpopular opinion. Uh, we're we're going to kind of leave it open to a either good or bad. Um, so if you saw on Twitter, mine was that Darlene is only going to score. I think I said 30 points. And mm-hmm. that base is based off, if you follow the conversation I had, I went and pulled out some players who are now prominent, I guess, scoring defensemen. Uh, and so let's see if I can find the stats here. I'm flipping through my phone. So Chris Letang, first two seasons, 63, 63 games, 17 points, 74 games, 33 points. Drew Dowdy's first year, 81 games played, 27 points. P.K. Subban's first two years, 77, 77 games, 38 points, 81 games, 36 points. Eric Carlson, 60, point, 60 games, 26 points. 75 games, 45 points. So that kind of gives you the inclination or the view. Again, Darlene is maybe special in the kind of outlier in that conversation potentially, but the numbers indicate, and that that too, and I guess kind of how good the team is around him as well. Um, But those numbers right there indicate that I'm not saying Darlene can't score 50 points, I'm just telling you, I'm expecting someone on 35. So that's that. That's kind of where I am. I can dig it. Um, I think mine, and it actually <laughs> kind of goes nicely here. I'm going to go with a unpopular negative one first, and that's going to be that <clears throat> we might start to see this year that Housley is just not a good head coach. Um, Interesting. I, I feel like. I feel, I kind of, and this might be wrong because you, I mean, you do have kind of the, the past to back it up, but I feel like if, if Darlene's only getting 30 points, it's because he's being kind of held back. And I just, I've seen it too much where he felt last year that Nolan was having a good game and you're looking at the score sheet at the end of the night and he's playing 10 plus minutes and I'm ready to chuck my computer at the wall. <laughs> uh, now we, Hopefully, we won't really have guys like that on the team this year. But I just, I had a bad feeling that I don't know how much he. I, I feel like he kind of gave up on his system. And uh, don't get me wrong, he didn't have the players to play it. But I, I feel like you should still be trying to implement it as much as possible, so that when you do get the guys in the right position, the guys who were there already know what they're doing. And I just. If Darlene is, is as good as he, as as good as we think he's going to be right off the bat here, if he is not, is he if he is sheltered for more than the first ten games, I might lose my mind. And, I, and I'm just this training camp because of all the potential good players that can be there. I am nervous that because it is very possible. Looking back at actually, I think I actually put your article away but you could easily three out of the 13 players to make it what's stopping it from being larson's gergensen's and pominville and thompson no and then all those guys are just down yeah so that's not wrong something like that happening makes me nervous 
And I just, I don't, don't, like I said, I hope I'm wrong here, but, uh, he's got his guy now. Uh, <laughs> he's got a number one overall pick. He's got the franchise defenseman to be able to do what he wants to do. And if we don't see pretty, and it doesn't even, it does have to be point wise, but I'm not saying they have to go and get 90 points this year. But if I'm not in the 80-ish range and this team doesn't look much improved from last year, uh, turn up that hot seat because I think we should uh, – thanks for the pass, but it's about winning now. And uh, I need to see that progression. I need to see the improvement. And if I'm not seeing that this year and just bad head coaching mistakes, if those continue to happen, um, I'm going to have an issue. I might have. And I, I don't disagree with you, really. I mean, it, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it, I guess you could say, too much in the Housley, but... It's because we have so much other things. Exactly. Which exactly. is a good thing. Right. And, just, and, and again, and, I'm nervous that working he might be him, the piece that holds that back. Right, and you're right. And with how good this roster has looks on paper, uh-huh. if it doesn't work on the ice, a lot of people are going to point to the coach. So the pressure is most certainly on for him. You know, I... I give him a pass for some of last season, not completely, but a pass to this season. And if things don't go well this season and they're a low 70s point team again, I'm looking for a new coach again. Like, this, it's just, that's not working. And, you know, it's, I, I, I have. I have, I'm going to have cap space. I'm going to have new players. And I, yeah. I need a coach in here who's going to. Get this team going in the right direction, not spinning their tires. So, again, I'm not sure it'll, it'll end up happening that way, but I, I definitely could see it. I don't think it's a far stretch by any means, which you're is unfortunate, your, but we'll see. Right, you're coming up on your window. And if yeah. you don't have the right guy in place by the time you hit that 2020 window, then there's a major problem. Yeah. So no. I really think he's got this year, and maybe if things go bad, maybe the beginning of next year. But I, I think if it becomes obvious that he's just not ready for a head coaching gig. Uh, I can see him gone pretty quickly before Batra. He, he would have to get somebody in that's ready to take this team over as he goes into the 2020 season where he can basically fully make the team how he wants to make it. No, I, I agree 100%. So I will give one quick, because uh, it, it's going to be pretty hotty takey, um, I'm going to drop here on the positive side and I don't have a lot of info to back it up. I'm just going off my gut. And if he plays with the right line, I think this could happen. Um, I think Tate Thompson scores in the neighborhood of 20 goals next season. And that's kind of where I'll just leave it. I mean, if he plays with the right players, I mean, is it, is it outlandish? Is it outlandish? Possible. Let me throw something else out real quick too. Um, what do you think of, and this is probably getting, this could be a conversation for another day, but I, the more I was looking at your depth chart, um, I could see Shiri, Shiri Eichel, Reinhardt, because potentially we've been saying for a lot of years, and it was mostly because of the people around Eichel and the people on his line, uh, we needed him to shoot a lot more. I get nervous that if Skinner's on his line, he's just going to be looking to feed Skinner. And potentially, I think if Shiri's on that line, it'll be more of a three-man cohesive unit where I can expect Eichel to shoot more as opposed to if he's coming down two-on-one with Jeff Skinner, he's trying to get Skinner the puck to shoot. Um, so I just, I, 
We'll see. I mean, there's going to be a lot, and I'm sure it's going to be switched up quite a bit as training camp rolls around and who will be the best fit between Sheary and Skinner. Uh, But I could see Skinner being a better fit with Middlestad as opposed to Eichel. Hmm. Who's? Casey Mitz. No, I'm I'm trying to think. Who's the, out of Sheary and Skinner, who's the better playmaker? Because don't you you ideally need to feed Sheary for him to be successful too? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think Sheary is more of a getting to the right spot, backdoor kind of guy, where Eichel can do all the work and at the last minute feed it. Um, Skinner's, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, it's just not, another thing to watch. Not necessarily a, a battle for a roster spot, but who is going to be the best fit with Eichel? Uh, for once, it's not going to be. Like Skinner had 25 assists last year, and he had 26 the year before that. So maybe he has more playmaker in him than we're giving him credit for? That's possible. I mean, I'm totally going to be totally honest with you. He was in Carolina, so I did not see much Jeff Skinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, and, the, and you know, and the, again, if, if I'm just based off the reputation, if I'm going to think who the better playmaker is, I, I'm going to think it's going to be Skinner because of his skill and ability, and then Shiri's kind talent. of a... Yeah. more finisher score if he's with the right guy. I'm trying to look up Shiri's assists right now. So, well, it shows me what I know because Shiri had 30 assists last year, so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I'm sorry. He had 12 last year. He had 12 in 79 games, but he had 30 the year before that. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah. So take that what it's worth. So, I, I don't know. Uh, forget it. Forget what I said. I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice we're gonna be talking about Sheeran Skinner as opposed to somebody else, but right, right, right. I think finding that fit is going to be fun to watch. Uh, who's who's gonna be able to keep up with them too is gonna to be important. No, I agree. I 100% agree. So, with that being said, real quick, Oposo, I'm looking for a bounce back year. I think yes. he's had his year to get healthy. I'm glad you I think he's gonna be in the right spot in the second or third line. Uh, I could see him putting up 20 this year. I like that a lot. I agree. I, I think he is. I think we saw the Oposo in the second half of last year, uh, yep. kind of the guy that we expected. And now that he has a full training camp where he's not dealing with a life-threatening thing, uh, I, I expect him to come back. You know, he's a professional. I, I expect him to come back and be in shape and, like you said, make an impact. And he could ideal. He can realistically play in a top six. He's going to be in a top six role. Either with Middlestad or with Eichel. So, yep. And you know, if you're with one of those two guys, then there's no reason you can't put up the points. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. So, talking about a lot. Is there anything else you want to drop in here first before we get to the seal code? We could spell Sabres players' names. Not really. I think the kind of the only thing that we didn't really touch on, and we're going to have many, many years to touch on it. But I think we are finally able to see the physical side of Rasmus Dahlin uh, pretty mm. quickly. And I think that is only going to continue. So that was nice to see all facets of kind of what he can do. He hit that guy pretty hard. He did hit that guy pretty hard. <laughs> Here's a funny thing I got. I just got a message from uh, Let's Go Amrix. They're the you know the really good Amrix blog. Uh, so he, mess- he messaged me and said, I saw one of your replies. Um just so you know, Kimberly is actually Sean Malo's aunt. So we had a family member chime in on who they thought their sleeper That's was. That's so funny. <laughs> I, that is actually really, really funny. Because I saw that, 
And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty like good in-depth analysis. And I was like, 17 followers. Like, how, who is this? So that makes a whole <laughs> lot of sense. <laughs> she has the inside deets. <laughs> there you go. Put my pieces funny. together. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. So I'll have to go retweet that. Yeah, right. So let's get to the uh, spelling portion of our thing here. Well, Billy, if you spell this correctly, you pass second grade. Correct. I am the smartest man alive. First, Mr. Samir. Not gonna, not gonna work here anymore. Anyway. All right, Billy boy. So here's what I think we're gonna do it this time around. Um, we're going to go off of the um, training camp roster. There's some interesting names on there. And we're gonna pick. We're gonna go three players each, and we're gonna do this. We're gonna do over the season. We're gonna keep track and see the better speller is. So if you get it correct, you get a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season from our spelling bee wins, and we'll decide throughout the podcast what the winner gets. We'll figure that out. Uh, so let me. Pull. I know I should, go I ahead. Know I, should have, I know I should have pitched uh, some kind of betting system for who makes the roster, and it can change <laughs> after every training or something, as opposed to spelling. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, so let me try to find the training camp roster. If you have it, you can go first. Make the first player here, and I'll spell first. All right, I will go with... I'll put my phone down so I'm not cheating when I find the roster. Honor system here, honor system. All right, phone's down, so go ahead. Sticking with last names, right? Yep. Uh, I'll go Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Andrew Ogilvy, Notre Dame forward. This is kind of a hard one. Um, but I think I might have it. I spoke so many times, I think I might have it. I'm going to go O-G-L-E-V-I-E. Ding, ding, ding. I will say, you being a writer, I think, gives you the advantage in this segment. <laughs> Don't be surprised, because I have looked at these names a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't just because I write them doesn't mean that I, I know them. So let's see. That's kind of a good one for you. I'm not going to go crazy like last time. I, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll easy in here. Find a good one. Um, let's go one Matt Tennyson. Mm. T-E-N-N-Y-S-O-N. Is there another N there? I'm yes going to stick no. with one N. You are correct. One point uh, each. I'm Matt right. Tennyson. Well done, sir. All right. I'm up next. What do you got? All right. Let's go with... Let's go with Lukanen. Uko Pekka Lukanen. This one I have spelled a lot as a writer, so I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure I got this one. L U U K K O N E N. L U U K K O N E N. Yes. Yes, sir. I figured I'd just give it to you, so I didn't have to give it. <laughs> I have not spelled it many times. <laughs> That's a good strategy, right there. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Uh. This is the hockey IQ coming <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> Let's stick with goaltenders. This one can be kind of interesting. I'm going to go Jonas Johansson. Johansson. J-O-H-A-N. How many S's? <laughs> S-S-O-N? Two double S? Man, look at that. Another one. We're two for two here, both of us. Look at this. Sticking to Sabres, guys. We know All what right. we're talking about. <laughs> All right, last All player. Hmm. 
I make it a tough one, but I really don't know how many tough ones. Yeah, I know, right? I wonder how many times you spell it. It's been a while. I'm going to give you Evan Rodriguez. Uh, this can be tricky, but I think I got it. R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E. He's actually an S, not a Z. Oh, all right. I thought I might get you there. All right, so I'm three for three. Let's, let's see if we can finish out here. Let's go with... Uh, can be tricky. Be written it a lot. I'm going to go Nathan Beaulieu for your Joe guy. Oh, this one is tricky. There's an I in there somewhere. B E A U L I E U. Bam. Look at that. We both went three for three. Look at that. Actually, I feel pretty good about that. You know, we got Sabres guys. We see him enough. Yeah, I feel like I if we had somebody, maybe I should have thrown like Ristolainen in. That can be kind of tricky, but neither of us went I was thinking there. about, yeah, middle stat, Ristolainen. Rodriguez, just because the yes. Yeah, they, but they hey, I would say people. this was a a good finish to a dare I say great podcast. I think it was. We'll see when we listen back. That'll let be the judge of it. And plus, when pretty, plus when he actually listened to it. Well. Yeah, no, yeah, it right. went well. There's like I said, it's kind of crazy. There was so much to talk about. I mean, this is one of the longer podcasts we've done in a while. I think we're at about hour and tenish minutes now. So we'll kind of get to the end here because I'm sure some people are getting bored of listening to us. Maybe they're not, but some people maybe are. Or have tuned us out already, so hopefully not, but you never know. So we'll get to the spiel at the end here. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Make sure you are following us on Twitter, of course, at BTB Hockey. Uh, Subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Make sure you're checking out Die by the Blade. Um, our excellent partner where you can find our podcast and hockey content, including mine for the season. And lastly, it's new. I want to mention it. Uh, our Patreon page. We brought it back. Uh, we have some new tiers on there. Uh, we made some changes today. We only have a $1 tier, then a $5 tier. Uh, you can kind of go to our Patreon page. You can go to my Twitter account or be on the blades and find it there. Um, $1 if you're interested in helping a couple brothers out, uh, you get an exclusive Slack group, which we have four people in right now. So let's kind of get some more people in there, hopefully, just making some fun. I uh, talk with Bill and I about hockey and games and stuff like that. And then also the one on one interviews, um, you know, that I've just started with Patrick last week. And then I'll kind of break it here. Um, I'm going to have Dave Pagnota from the fourth period as my next one on one interview uh, in the next day or so. We're kind of working that out. I'm trying to get that in with him sooner rather than later because, you know, hopefully that happens before Sagan signs and Carlson's traded and then we really have nothing to talk about. So <laughs> we're trying to get that in hmm. here pretty quick. So look for that soon. And eventually that'll be locked for our Patreon subscribers down the road. In a, Not yet, but down the road. So it's fun to put it out there um, for those that yeah. are interested in helping us out. To- I'll even say that... Um- Got a couple of things going on life-wise right now, which is kind of why it's been 12 days since the last BTB podcast. <laughs> but uh, as things start to settle down, uh, I might join the rush, and the one-on-ones might become two-on-ones. There you go. See, that'll be fun. A two-on-one, that'll be good. A um, couple different voices in there. And, you know, I thought the one with Patrick was really good. He had a lot of insight, you know, on the Swedish players. That was, you kind of don't hear that a lot. And then kind of just his in general thoughts on European hockey. So if you haven't heard that yet, go look. Go listen to that, because... I thought yeah. that was a great interview with Patrick, kind of to get the vibe of Sweden and European hockey and some insight on some Sabres prospects. Even just the different leagues. It was kind yeah. of interesting to hear all that. Yep, definitely, definitely. So that's it. 
training camp opens tomorrow or tomorrow. today if you're listening to it. Uh, when you're listening to it, which is crazy, players report. And then practices start on Friday. I will be there Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, nice. So you can follow me on Twitter to see exactly what's going on at, at camp. So for I Chad and Bill. I will be there the 18th for the first right? preseason game. First yeah, preseason I, I might be there too. We'll kind of see how my schedule plays out. So mm-hmm. for Chad and Bill, that is it this week. Um, hockey's back, y'all. Hockey is back. And it's going to be fun. It's an exciting season. A lot to talk about. And we'll be back next week. And you'll hear my lovely voice probably the next few days with Mr. Pagnota. So, again, for Chad and Bill, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon. See ya. See ya. Thank you.